Why, hello everyone. Welcome to the program Illumination. We uh, emanate from the library at Sunset Lodge number 369 in Santa Monica, California. It's an honor and privilege to have you here with us. We talk about everything masonry, everything around masonry, and sometimes things that are not a part of us, but we really enjoy having around. My name is Les Jones, our producer and man behind the hot seat is Michael Wambach. Thank you for all your help, Brother Michael. Our guest today, by the way, is somebody who's who's fairly new at our lodge. He's one of the new bright spots in Sunset Lodge right now. And I was talking to Brother Michael beforehand and talking to our guest that uh, we need a lot more men just like him who are focused, dedicated, and putting in the work to be a member of our lodge. And it's such an honor to have you a part of it. And he's also our latest Master Mason. Got received his third degree last last week. And I want to introduce you to Brother Theo Nutzos. How are you doing, sir? It's a pleasure to be here. I'm great. Thank you. There you go. Now, I'd like to ask this to all our guests. Tell us a little bit about yourself before you came here. Well, I... I'm from, born and raised in California. Um, I consider myself uh, you know, much an academic and, and, and spiritual type person. And uh, the attributes of masonry uh, that have been really calling me for a long time was its um, extensive history uh, with symbolism, its history as being a fraternal order of those uh, higher thinkers of society, uh, uh, organized groups of men that really brought great value to the world. And uh, these are the types of attributes that deeply resonated with my soul. Um, as uh, somebody, somebody that had been uh, researching it actually for quite a long time, probably about 10 years before I, before I decided to make the move, um, you know, as everybody uh, who ends up going through the process knows, a, a moment comes where you're ready to make that transition. And uh, I'm glad I did, and there's no looking back. Tell me a little bit about that research over the years. What sure. did you get into? How, what got you into that in the first place? Yeah. You know, I, I, there, there are various aspects of masonry that appeal to, you know, different uh, types of people. Obviously, there's the, uh, the, the sense of brotherhood, the charity, and, uh, the esoteric aspect. Um, for me, I, I'm very fascinated by um, the symbolism Right. The, the the stories of the ancient tradition it's it's rationalist approach to by using geometry yes and other types of symbolism that metaphorically reflect parts of the human condition and so really there's a deep psychological aspect to it right. and there's a reason why the uh, the the phrase goes uh, that we take good men and make them better right, right? this is a process of transformation it's, and this is alchemy Right. Um, and so it is that, yeah, it is that interconnection with the esoteric past uh, and its and its uh, mythologies and how they relate to the human condition that really led me to realizing that, you know, we can find a lot of this stuff on our own, right. of course, especially in the age of the Internet. Uh, but being part of uh, something that allows us to really stand on the shoulders of giants and carry that mantle I think adds a little bit extra uh, specialness to, to that process. That really is true. And <clears throat> what what was your age when you started getting interested in stuff like this? And what did you read or really get into to get you started? 
Uh, I would say probably my early 20s. Um, now, of course, uh, when you're researching on, on the internet, you're going to find all different types of perspectives, both sure. positive and negative. Sure. Um, but, you know, being an open-minded skeptic, uh, as I am, uh, my view was I'm going to, I have an intuition that there's something special about an organization like this, uh, but I'm going to be open-minded about everything. I did all my research and I weighed what seemed to be negative about it, what seemed to be positive, what seemed to be uh, misinterpretations, um, and then overlaying that onto the process of actually coming through a lodge and meeting uh, individuals directly, um, it starts to become very clear that a lot of times people, when there's an element of mystery, mm -hmm. the downside of that is people project whatever their own fantasies are onto that mysterious thing in order to make sense of it. And so you have a game of telephone over the years, and that's how you have all these misinterpretations. And that's truly what it's all about. It's gotten to the point where there's a lady friend of mine who's very skeptical of masonry. And I've been trying to tell her, you know, I will never lie to you. There are certain things that I, I can't talk about, but I will never lie to you. And I told her, I said, you know, nothing like what you talk about I've, I've been a part of. And I can't talk about all the other lodges in the world. I can just talk about the two that I really know well. And that's this one in Santa Monica and one in Pleasant Hill T uh, Lodge in Texas. They do nothing like that. And she is still scared. She doesn't want to come in. She's afraid of what might happen. She's gotten so full of this. But that being said, I love the free nature of the Internet. I love seeing everything. And I'm very, very happy when I see stuff that I don't agree with. You know, that's how I learn. Of course. All the way. All right. Now, you, you're, you're interested in becoming a Mason. How did you walk into the doors of Sunset Lodge? Well, actually, one of my friends, uh, as you know, Justin, was yeah. uh, a, a, a rising member uh, himself at that time. And, and it's something that together we uh, uh, had many conversations about prior. Right. And I was already uh, inclined anyways. Um, that was kind of the last, uh, the last thing that needed to happen for me to go from, uh, you know, just having an interest to actually taking a proactive uh, measure of coming in. And once I met everybody and everybody seemed so cool and yeah. it was near where I lived and it just seemed so worth it that, you know, the rest was history once I, once I walked through the doors. Yeah, and you seemed to really catch on to it and really became a brother from the very beginning. Not just somebody who's a member of our lodge, but you're a brother, a part of us. And that meant an awful lot when I first met you. And you, you took it very seriously. Well, I mean, look, that's how life is. If you're going to if you're going to dive into something and you're going to be a part of something, why waste your time and do it anything other than, you know, the best you can or, you know, why uh why take half measures? Um, if I wasn't interested, I wouldn't have come. I right. was, so I I gave it the the due reverence that uh, you know, an activity like that uh, deserves. Now, you were talking about uh even before you came a Mason that you really appreciated this the symbolic meaning of things yeah. within within life mm -hmm. you know it's not just in masonry where there are symbols that mean things but what was it in the symbolism of masonry you really enjoyed sure well going back hundreds of years and this actually also it comes full circle to what we talked about about uh, overcoming the misconceptions as well sure. right uh, 
you just look at the history of what in what context masonry emerged and it is in the truest sense an enlightenment uh era uh, thing right it, it, it emerged from a, a a new sense of thought which which represented higher thinking and so this idea of geometry for example being so central to it well that's giving us a glimpse into a type of Pythagorean harmony of the cosmos, right? So it's this, it's to, to, to be involved in this esoteric understanding of masonry is to have a certain level of intuition, a certain level of rationalism. And I think that these are, these are attributes in the mind that, that are aspects of higher humanity. And it becomes a shining beacon to, to then shape ourselves. And then by extension, the rest of the world in that higher type of thought is then to illuminate the world. And this is, I think uh, something that has been then misinterpreted as the pernicious overtaking of sure, the world. Right? Sure, that's, that's not what it's about. You're really touching on something huge here about the esoteric nature of it. Before you became a Mason, you were involved and interested in esoteric things in life. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about that. Well, it's one of those things that if... Uh, Again, I brought up intuition, right? If you're called towards certain deeper understandings, then you're going to be more inclined to to vibrate with it, right? So, um, for me, uh, I've I've always been interested in things like hermeticism uh, yes. for a long time, um, ancient uh, uh, lore. Uh, Manly P. Hall, for example, oh, yeah. is one of my favorite Masons ever. Uh, he's an exemplar of, I think, the, the what Masonry uh, at its deepest levels is about. So books like um, uh, The Secret Teachings of All Ages, right? Books like The, the Kibalian. Um, these were always in my repertoire even beforehand. Wow. That's why I was excited to dive in once, once I knew I was ready to do it, because I feel like I psychologically kind of had a head start in, in those realms. If you really want to find out a little bit about this, um, I do highly suggest you read the book, The Secret Teaching of All Ages. What a powerful book. Mm -hmm. And did you get into anything with about Albert Pike back when you first started, before uh, you got into I it? I have yet uh, to read a full Albert Pike book uh fully and I'm obviously going to do that uh, given where my interests lie uh, but I've read non-primary sources Wikipedia articles things like that so sure. I'm not uh, at, at, at least this current moment in time at a at the first a square one but <laughs> I That's definitely have right. more learning to do we always have more learning to do I tell you Albert Pike is you, rich tell you guys a funny story yeah. about Albert Pike sure. is um, you know, of course the book he's most known for in the Scottish Rite Morals and Dogma and I don't know if you know but the, the southern I can't talk tonight the southern jurisdiction of the Scottish Rite Pike is like, you know, the god. Yeah. But outside of that, nobody even cares about him. It's just really? a very regional figure. Mm -hmm. It comes right down to it. Absolutely. But but it, it was, you know, it's a very verbose book. It was written back in those days when, when that was how people wrote. And it's claimed that 10% of Masons have actually, of Scottish Rite Masons have actually read Morals and Dogma. And if those about 10% actually understand anything they've read. <laughs> so, that's the, so, so you're in for a challenge if you read Pike's book. But, but it's wonderful. It's one of those things where there's incredible little gems of knowledge in there. So I, I highly encourage you, Theo. I think it's a, it's a cool thing to, to kind of get into. Right. And I, I, I take it as his viewpoint. You know, that's his understanding of it. Sure. And, you know, he, he's not the god of masonry by any stretch of the imagination or s some big spokesman for right. masonry. Uh, so I think that's a healthy way to look at anything. Right. I think yeah. what what even separates masonry from 
um, many types of mainstream religious thought uh, that is outside of masonry is that it is in a way dialectical, right? So every new generation can bring something new to the table. And there is a due reverence for tradition and past where it's valuable, but there's also a willingness to evolve. And so in this way, because masonry attempts to make the best men out of each of its members, as opposed to, uh, you know, uh, prostrate, uh, you know, bowing to somebody superior, we're all on the level. So we're all to be raised into into the best version of ourselves. So we shouldn't be looking at any one outside source as being the end-all, be-all to, to look up to. But I think that people like him would see us as uh, somebody to strive to emulate uh, in our own, in whatever way our own gifts allow us to, to shine. Right. You see why I like this guy? Isn't he something else? Yeah, the, the, you're, you're getting to know, just scratch the surface of what this man is about. And it's great to have him along. By the way, I just want to let everybody know they are, uh, this is the program, by the way, Illumination, from the Library of Sunset Lodge number 369 in Santa Monica, California. If you want to reach us, the uh, way to do is via our website, which is sunsetmasoniclodge.org. That's sunsetmasoniclodge.org or... Write us an email. That's Sunset Masonic Lodge 369 at, sun, at uh, gmail.com. That's Sunset Masonic Lodge 369 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear about you. We are open most Tuesdays and we, we start everything at 6 30 when we have a meal. And at 7 30, we do whatever we're doing, whether it's a practice or we do a degree or it's our stated meeting, which is our business meeting. But if you're a brother, please come by. If you're in the area, come by and visit us. Or if you're just in the area and you want to find out a little bit more about us, door's always open for you. Come by and have a meal with us. We'd love to see you. My name is Les Jones, the gentleman behind the board and and, um, kind of chirping in every so often is is our producer, Brother Michael Woback. And our guest is our latest Master Mason, who it's an honor to have here, Theo Nutzos. Now, uh, you know, I think we could talk about the esoteric aspect of masonry, the esoteric aspect of life for a very long time. And we only have a half an hour here to talk. <laughs> but uh, how has masonry gelled many of the things that you're looking for in life? I think that there's a powerful aspect to a uh, an organization that provides structure in yeah. one's life i think that in all ways deep down subconsciously we all need it in one way or another right. and some societies provide that in more ways than others uh, but psycho i think it serves a really important psychological function in people's lives to have inspiration to have a network to have uh, people to look up to to have people that actually care about your well-being and then you theirs um because we're social creatures by nature. And I think we live in such an atomized society these days where, where if we don't find that communal source of something, which other people find in other ways, right? Sports clubs, um, right. you know, people go to church, people have other types of hobby clubs, you know. Um, but to choose masonry as that outlet, I think is has been powerful because you're, you know, part of a tradition that's, 
um, I believe, a higher order type thing in, in the history of the world. I mean, look at the history of Masonry. Look at the long list of prominent individuals. There's something to that. Yes, there look is. at the higher level of thinking that, that's behind the esoteric aspect. I mean, this is not uh, for any old dummy. I mean, this is, this is for people that really understand Masonry are readers. They're, they're researchers, right? So th this, this thing... Uh, this communal aspect, I think, is only enhanced by by just this high level of uh, of uh, being that masonry provides, because as we learn the metaphors through through the symbolism, yeah. as we go through the degrees, you know, the real purpose of all that is to create a psychological imprint in our psyche, in you know, in our psyche, right? And go, going forward in life, we might have it in the back of our minds, even unconsciously, right? Oh be an upright person. Oh, do the right thing, right? Because the these ideals have been inundated through our through our degree practice and right. so on over and over and we we're learning about the symbolism or we're, we're we're putting it into our minds and that has to have an effect. It does. And as it as it sinks in, one of the things that I realized when I was going through the degrees, each one of them is so rich in and of itself. There's so much going on. There's so much that that's that's you're being fed. Mm -hmm. So much that you're seeing. So much you're experiencing during the degree mm -hmm. that it, as as your mind has time to process it, it doesn't happen overnight. Your mind's <laughs> got to have time to process it. Then you start feeling these things. Yeah. Go into the lodge room. And you start seeing the symbols and and seeing what that what you've been taught and applying it and seeing. Really, the teachings help you apply these symbols to your life. Right. They don't tell you what to think. They tell you that's what this is and so forth, and you're able to apply it to your life. No dogma, you know. There's no Albert Pike who's the who who's the you know wrote the Holy Bible of Masonry or anything like that. It's something that you actually apply to your life yourself among the group. Sure. Yeah. There's a there's a purpose for the degrees. There's a purpose for all that. Um, you know, think about it. You're all of us are going through our daily lives, right. right? Paying the bills, dealing with the spouses and the in-laws, you know, financial issues, kids, right? Neighbors. Neighbors, right? <laughs> Got to get some food, yeah. right? So we're just in kind of most of the time in, in more or less this kind of automatic, um, uh, barely conscious level type, you know, program. Right. Um, every once in a while, though, things stick out and those become, you know, the memories that we have in life. Uh, but when we go through something in a controlled fashion like that, which is explicitly designed to induce certain conscious states, what you're doing when you're going through a degree, when you're walking through the temple, when you're dressing a certain way, when you're doing things in an organized way, is what you're, is you're telling your subconscious mind, hey, pay attention. And now you're not automatic anymore. Now you're a little bit more conscious when you're going through a degree. You're not thinking about the bills. right? Nope. You're not thinking about, uh, you know, what you had for dinner. Right. You're you're in it and then that is what creates the impression and then that's what changes you over time wow all right well can we do two hours here <laughs> no, no, I, I i just feel like we could talk about this subject for such a long time and it means so much because people do uh get this feeling of of the spiritual nature and the brotherhood in many other ways but there's something very, very special about being a part of this lodge. I remember when I first came to Sunset Lodge, there was something different about this lodge. 
and the people cared in ways that I'm not used to. And they weren't doing it because they were going to get anything out of it. They were doing it because somebody did help them out and they didn't know how to, how to pay them back. So they paid it forward and, and they gave and everything. The first person I, I really remember sitting down and talking to was the gentleman who's now our master, Brother David Neal. And Worshipful Neil was just, you know, he, he cracked a few jokes with me, which he's good at. And he's been a guest here, and he, he made me feel at home. That really is special. Now, okay, you're getting ready. You're all set up. You're about ready to do your first degree. What was your thoughts about it before you did it? You know, I think that there's a lot of value in going through the process. Yeah. All right. Um, I almost look fondly on those moments of pacing in my room, right, and just repeating and and going through what I needed to go through to get to that point. Because when you have to earn it, there's something that makes it more special. Right. And there was a sense of nervousness but excitement because over because in order to even get to the point where you're ready, right. you by definition have to put an effort. Right. Yes. Unless you have an extraordinary uh, you know, rare mental powers, that, uh, the, a photographic memory, you're going to have to grind it out. And I'm not, <laughs> and almost nobody is right. Except a very small percentage of people. So uh, if you have to grind it out like that uh, and you get to that moment and then you do it right and then you pass it and right. then you overcome it and then yes. you get the fruits of that, that's, that's good for, for the soul. That's right. So, so you're, you're getting ready to do your first degree. Tell me about your first degree. What was that like? You know, it, it's kind of like what I was saying about the whole subconscious uh, imprint from everything being important in that moment. Yes. It's like you, you're. It's so cool to be to go from outside the temple, right? Which is actually what the word profane means. That's profane right. it means outside the temple, literally. And then going from the profane into the sacred, right, is is special. It's like a rite of passage, like almost you know, like yes. when a even even in a in a way that many people. Uh, can relate to like when um, the, the different rites of, of the Catholic Church, for example, um, or a bar mitzvah, right? There's some that you go through this sacred ritual to then uh, to then uh, signify a certain evolution in your in your life. That's what that was. <laughs> That's right. Okay. First degree is very, very special. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about, as everybody knows, it's my favorite degree. Yeah. The second degree. Yes. Tell me what was it like to go through the second degree? That was great because, um, as we talked about a little bit earlier in the in the in the, the conversation about the aspects of um, philosophy and geometry and esotericism, I feel that that has the most of that, and that's where my mind's at, and that's why I love that degree as well. Yeah, they're very. That's what really I think that's where the higher level academia or the academic and and spiritual aspect of masonry shines through the strongest. Right, and I, I love doing the second degree. As senior deacon, those uh, brothers know what's it like as the senior deacon during the second degree. Every time I go over that, I, I love to practice that degree because yeah. I get to go over it and over it and over it. And the material is so rich, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. And here you are. You're, you've got your second degree, and you're becoming even more involved with our lodge. What was that like for you? Um. I felt, the, me personally, yeah. is I felt still 
I felt like I, I wasn't going to be fully like like it's not complete until until the third goes down. Right. right. So I felt like there's this carrot at the end of the stick. Right. Right. Like, OK, I'm striving still. There's still more to go. Not satisfied yet. It was a healthy dissatisfaction, obviously. Right. It's the type of dissatisfaction that leads us to want to accomplish, right? right? So that's that's the kind of dissatisfaction I had is I couldn't wait to... And it actually made me, you know, study a little harder. And um, But it's interesting. Like, even there's even a psychological switch after the third where I really do feel like, okay, like, I'm not here yet. And I, and I said this that night is I don't feel like I made it. I feel like, oh, okay, now, now I'm beginning. That's right. really true. That's it. That the getting your third degree is not the end. No, it's the beginning. It's it's like graduating from high school and yes. saying, "Well, I'm going to stop learning." Exactly. I'll sit back. Yeah, know. yeah. Oh, that's only that's only having the tools to help you now to really start learning. Yeah, I mean, I, I it, the way I personally look at it is is um, you know uh, fundamental blue lodge masonry getting yeah. the third degree is is the atrium of the temple, right? It's like you're there. You're you've now graduated high school as you said there's a whole lot more learning to do there's dependent bodies there's other independent research there's more uh you know networking with brothers across the world that that can lead to other fruitful uh you know things in life and opportunities so um yeah it's it's only beginning I, I, you know and i love it i um this year i was honored to join the scottish rite mm -hmm. and that's a wonderful organization and i and i through the degrees of the scottish rite they were rich also, mm -hmm. and they're wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I loved what I picked up from it, mm -hmm. and I'm still picking up from it. There's nothing like home, the Blue Lodge. That's the foundation of everything that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. That's the home that I sit back and learn more things from. Mm -hmm. And that's why I appreciate so much what that's all about. Now, moving up to the third degree, mm -hmm. that is the master one. Yeah. How was that for you? Because that's a that's a big step in your life. Yeah. So whereas I feel the second degree is in one way more powerful on an intellectual level and on a and on a understanding the depths of masonry kind of a level, the third degree I think is the most powerful. Right. That's the one I think when when, when I'm talking about oh, it has that psychological effect. Yeah. Um, the first does because you're starting from scratch and you don't know. And then when you first experience it, uh, experience it, that's really powerful. And then the third just takes it home. <laughs> it the third is that when you're out of there, the whole process going through it's, it, I, I'm, I'm very, um, fascinated by just the fact that founding fathers, this came from people's minds and they, in a way knew what they were doing. They, they, they were, you know, interestingly kind of master psychologists, right? Like how are we going to affect, how are we going to create the intended effect upon the minds of, of our new newly uh, initiated brethren. And I think they did it well. They did a good job of it. Yep. <clears throat> so now you are a Master Mason in Sunset Lodge 369. What do you see about your future here? Uh, I feel like, just like in, in the microcosm of my own personal world, it's only the beginning. Uh, I feel that way about the Lodge, too. Uh, you know, as, as I mentioned, I think going forward... The, the best synthesis is one in which we take the best from the past. We take the best of our traditions and we hold on to those dear. Um, and then in, in addition to that, we take the best of forward thinking, uh, you know, mindsets and, and, and uh, ways of, of perceiving masonry and interpreting masonry and living through it and always evolving. And uh, I think that 
I would like to hope, since I'm here and we have a lot of new blood in, the, in this uh, lodge, that uh, there's going to be a sense of ambition to really make this as cool of a place as possible. I want to. I know that we're going to be renovating soon, which I'm excited about, and I'm looking forward to initiating uh, more, uh, you know, events for brothers to show up to, and even a public to show up to philosophy nights that yes. we're talking about, and other types of things that really bring it out of the realm of simply just. Uh, you know, a, fr a fraternal brotherhood to show up to on stated meetings yeah. to a real fraternity that brings about all the things that Masonry is actually about. And you're a huge part of that. Thank you. Such an honor. Brother Theo, thank you so much for your time and being here today and more importantly, sharing yourself with us here. Yeah, it really is awesome. This has been the program Illumination from the Library of Sunset Lodge number 369 right here in Santa Monica, California. If you want to reach us, go to our website. That is sunsetmasoniclodge.org, sunsetmasoniclodge.org. Our email address, sunsetmasoniclodge369 at gmail.com. Until next time, you guys have a good one.